Hello and welcome to NGO Matters with Titi Lopwe Anifowoshi. I hope you learned from my last um, episode where I spoke about three things you should never do when starting a new NGO. I hope you're putting those um, things into practice. Well, today I'll be talking about to you about starting your NGO. Yeah. In 2015, after serving as Vice President of the University of Illinois Student Union, I had a yearning to extend my social service beyond the university community. I wanted to be more than a critic of bad governance. So I resorted to starting an NGO to be exemplary. I understand that um, starting an NGO can be very time-consuming. It requires a strong vision and dedication. If you initiate your NGO in a strategic way, I'm sure you won't have regrets. So let's talk about um, defining your purpose. It's important that you have a crystal clear and achievable goal for yourself and the NGO. You need to define a beautiful pathway, one that is realistic through your mission statement and your vision. At this stage, you should have a name. Your NGO should have a name because it's very important. You need to then find a realistic niche to niche to enable you to start. Positive change usually arise from picking something small, doing it well, and following through. Let's talk about uh, a mission statement. A great mission statement must be a clear description of your NGO's direction and what distinctly sets your organization apart from other NGOs or NPO. It must describe why your NGO exists and who it hopes to reach. What are the things that when you see them, you'll be able to recognize that this is a mission statement? It must be short, it must be memorable, and it must be expressive of the core purpose of your NGO. I'll give an example. I really, really like this a mission statement. Charity Water is an organization, it's an NGO. It says, Charity Water is a non-profit organization bringing clean and safe drinking water to people in developing nations. Looking at this mission statement, you would see that it's not a short, but it's memorable and it also shows the purpose of the NGO and who they are serving. Okay? Let's look at a, a vision statement. A vision statement is a one-sentence statement that describes the clear and inspirational long-term desired change that you hope to achieve. Your vision statement must provide a glimpse of the desired achievement and future you emphasize for your NGO. Your vision statement must be ambitious. It must be future-oriented. It must set standards of excellence. It must clarify your NGO's purpose and direction. And it must also inspire enthusiasm and commitment. We all know Amnesty International. And I think their vision statement is a locus classicus on what we're talking about. It says, our vision is a world in which every person enjoys all of the human rights entrenched in the Universal Declaration of Human Rights and other international human rights standards. This vision statement ticks all the boxes with regards to 
what the vision of this organization is. I hope you learned from this. Um, next week, I'll be back with something more beautiful, something more impactful. Please follow me on Twitter at the underscore legal eagle. Follow me on Instagram at the underscore legal underscore eagle. Um, thank you very much for following me through. Thank Hello and welcome to NGO Matters with Titi Lopmeyani Fawoshe. Today, I've taken you on, still on starting your NGO, I'll take you on feasibility studies, consultation and creating a governance structure that works. After drafting your beautiful mission and vision statement, you need to work on discerning how best to achieve your mission and vision. Now, the best way to go about it is engaging in research, talking to cons- um, talking to stakeholders and your prospective beneficiaries. Even if you live in the area where you want to execute projects, you still need to consult the stakeholders. You still need to conduct researches and talk to your prospective de- beneficiaries. This would help you to forecast your capacity, your budget, and help you to understand the aspiration of your proposed beneficiary. What this sort of research and consultation does is that it gives you an array of areas that begs for intervention. You have to be careful not to be a jack of all trade. You must be deliberate with the specific areas your NGO wants to concentrate on. For instance, if you want to address urgent survival needs such as food, temporary shelter, disaster, crisis and conflict management like Red Cross, it means that you'll be you would be your focus area will be emergency relief. If you want to address basic needs such as education, healthcare, longer term shelter, community development, income generation like Bill and Melinda Gates, it means that you'll be looking at service delivery. If you want to engage in activities that address structural issues relating to human rights, public policy, um, regulations, societal norms like budget in Nigeria or Amnesty International, it means that you're going to be a policy and rights advocate. So it's important that before you delve into your activities, you need to map out what your focus area would be. Now, talking about creating a governance structure that works um in my previous episode i already spoke about this but i'll touch one or two things that i didn't mention then it's important that uh, while you're setting up your ngo you need to try to build a strong internal control mechanism if you do that it would aid the growth of your organization when I say creating a formidable structure that enhances and enables your NGO not to rely heavily on you, it means that you have to recruit a team of skilled, brilliant, and passionate individuals who not just understand the mission and goals of your NGO, but they also understand how you want to get it done. Talking about this, you need to have a board of trustee, a board of directors, or advisory board. This would consist of individuals who have strong legal, financial, and technological or technical skills that will benefit your NGOs. There should be individuals who are committed and passionate about social impact. Most importantly, there should be individuals 
who are ready to work with you. Now, you need to be careful not to make these mistakes of uh, filling the board seat with only your family and your friends. Please do not form too many or too few board members. Do not fill your board with personalities that you do not have access to. And do not fill your board with personalities that are too busy or too committed to be com to, that are too busy to be committed to your NGO. A proper governance structure paves way for NGOs to grow and attract reputable donors and grants. A good structure makes it easy for you to evaluate, monitor, and manage your success and failures. I hope that you have been able to learn one or two things from this episode please be sure to um, impute your questions observation in the comment section or send it to my mail thank you very much for following ngo matters with titi lockman for watching